0: NapaBroadcasting.com, the online radio home of Napa Valley College. Thanks for joining us once again on Napa Valley College Now. After nine hours at yesterday's Board of Supervisors meeting, the one thing that was clear is that a lot of people in our community need some grounding in business. While there was a lot of highfalutin talk about a great many emotional issues, the one thing left out of the conversation was a realization that the wine business, the hospitality business, the restaurant business are just that, businesses that need understanding, care, and nurturing. Today on Napa Valley College Now, our focus is business, as I'm joined by Julie Hall, who's the program coordinator and professor of business administration in business and computer studies here at Napa Valley College. Professor Julie Hall, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Great to have you here. First of
0: all, talk a little bit about the size and the scope in general, in a very general sense, of the business program here at Napa Valley College.
1: Okay, well, we have around 10 core courses that um, the students can take, beginning with an introduction to business, all the way through uh, management marketing until they get into an entrepreneurial business plan where they could actually start a business. We have about uh, 600 students complete the program per year, and uh, we award around uh, 20 to 30 degrees per year, Associate of Science in Business Administration.
0: What is your sense? And I know it, I'm sure it changes from year to year, semester to semester, class to class, but a sense of what part of business a lot of the students are interested in. What brings them to the business concentration?
1: Surprisingly, a lot of the students here at the college are coming from family businesses and hoping to take over those in one day, or their family works in a winery. So um, they're very interested in learning the aspects of perhaps taking over the family business or succeeding. Others are just here for general transfer to get that degree to go to university.
0: hmm Come back and talk a little bit about the ones that that have an interest in family businesses and things related perhaps to the wine industry, food, hospitality, and a little bit about the nexus between your programs and those other areas even here at the college. the, The culinary area, and the wine and, and viticulture area.
1: Yeah, that's something that uh, our college president and myself, we do see as a big future for the college here where we can integrate more the culinary, the viticulture with the business program and even hospitality and make that a more seamless integration. Um, but at this point, most of the students are you know basically taking these classes, and when they leave, they're going to work in their family business, so they're applying whatever they're doing here in class in their restaurant that night.
0: You've been doing this a little while, and we, we talked a little bit before we went on the air. Talk a little bit about how technology, and I know that's a part of, of the rubric that you're involved in, how technology has impacted the way business is taught.
1: It really has, and a lot of it has to do with um, promotional aspects a lot of cost savings are there by using social media and a lot of tools that small businesses can afford to use because they're not very costly as a traditional advertising which would have been television and uh, print and radio like that so a lot of that has changed the way businesses advertise but it's also changed the way that they can get to product to the market faster because of the technology
0: so and talk a little bit about that aspect of it, and marketing is a key part of it, but also some of the other areas that are re- that really fall within the business community. Besides marketing, mm-hmm. obviously there's finance, there's sales, there's there's all the other components.
1: Well, one of the great benefits of our college here is we have our small business development center on campus. So our advisors come into our classrooms; they actually show our students how to do a break-even analysis, how to do a balance sheet, income statement. So even though they're at a community community College, by the time they leave, they know how to price a product, they know how to break even, and they know how to open those doors and keep the cash flow going. In a practical
0: sense, how is the business program here perhaps different than a business program in in a larger university?
1: Well, one of the benefits of a community college is we do offer an introduction to business. In most business schools, you'll just start right into your basic major with perhaps taking management, marketing, finance, accounting and you may not be sure if one of those are the ones that you really want to pursue. So having a taste of each one of those classes in an introduction to business class as your first semester really gives the students an idea of where they want to focus so that when they continue their electives they can move their course along that way.
0: What do you find to be the most surprising in terms of of what students expect out of business courses versus what the reality is when they get into the classroom.
1: Well, it's interesting because uh, with the way students learn today, they're more hands-on and they're more experiential. And I've had a couple of complaints about that because they'll say, <laughs> how come you're not lecturing? Why are you not sitting there you know, just three hours and talking to me? We want you to give us knowledge. And I said, no. I said, today business is about working in teams and working in groups and doing hands-on activities in the class so we do real-world cases and videos uh, that change the way they learn in the classroom so they're applying things
0: Talk a little bit about some examples of that, the kind of projects, the kind of cases that they work through.
1: Well, for example, we did one yesterday on Google and how fast Google is to uh, launch new products. They don't necessarily go through the traditional new product process that might take years to come. They get an idea from their people, they take it, and then they test it in the market, and then they come back and fix it later uh, instead of taking that risk of going through a lengthy process. So we, we, we try to apply current events to the classes much as we can.
0: I mean it's the reality, particularly in the technology area, that if you wait until something's perfect, you've missed the opportunity. You've waited way too long.
1: Exactly, so that's one of the things we showcased yesterday with the Google case.
0: How much are business students motivated, particularly given that we live here in the Bay Area, by what they see in the Silicon Valley and, and, and other places in the Bay Area in terms of startups, in terms of technology, And what their dreams might be.
1: You know, they're very interested in that. And I tell them not everyone is going to be that Stephen Jobs or not everyone is going to be revolutionary as an entrepreneur. But they get so intrigued with Shark Tank. You know, that seems to be the big talk now. (laughs) How can I start a business? Can I go meet Mark Cuban? You know. (laughs) Ah. So uh, they really do see now what it takes to put that plan together and make that pitch, to try to make the right pitch.
0: Is that positive or negative in terms of of those dreams, those fantasies? Does it set them off sometimes in the wrong direction? I mean, if if you're a professor and and your colleagues, when when you look at that – you think, thinking, gee, it's great that it's motivating them, but on the other hand, maybe not the best way.
1: Yeah, at times, you know, you come into class and they're like, oh, I'm just going to start a reality show and be the Kardashians and make my millions and just leave. And you just have to sort of tame them down a little bit and say, you know, there has to be a strategy behind every business and startup, and it just doesn't happen that you have multi-millions of dollars like these reality TV people have. you got to start small and grow big.
0: Mm-hmm. What are the kinds of things that most of them want to do, besides go in the family business and the wineries? If they're entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. what do they want to do?
1: Um, I'm seeing more of a trend now for uh, just customization of products for students. Let me give you an example. I have a student who won our business plan competition this past December and what she does is create custom cartoons and custom characters that can go on your cell phone cases, can go on your t-shirts, and she's eventually hoping to get into an advertising position with companies drawing logos and customization for each of the marketplace. I see that a lot with the students today. They're used to being able to design their Tom's shoes exactly like they want them Mm -hmm. and just like that, customize them.
0: How important are business plans in terms of what you teach the students?
1: Well, I always tell my students if they fail to plan, they plan to fail. So, and unfortunately, probably over half the businesses that are started do not have a business plan. It's probably just up in their head somewhere and never put it on paper. But I tell them it's very important, especially to get funding. So if they're a sole proprietor and they don't have lots of money, They probably will have to go to some kind of bank, and they need that plan in place with all the specifics before that loan officer is even going to talk to them.
0: Do they understand it in terms of the value to focus their own ideas and their own mind and their own direction in terms of what they want to do so that at least there's a kind of true north in what they're doing, even if they don't need it for an investor?
1: Excellent point, because uh, one of the things I do when I get ready to assign them projects is say, close your eyes and say three things you love to do. And I just tell them they can't say sleep unless (laughs) unless they're going to open a sleep clinic or a mattress store. And then so I try to get them in groups of four they share their ideas, and once they're done, they have some ideas of what they could do with their true passion. And if they're not interested in having something passionate to create on a business plan throughout the semester, they won't do it. So, But it's something that they think they can really do and they're talented with, then they'll apply it. How many of them,
0: not by numbers, but just as a general rule, how many of them think they want to become part of large companies and go into the, the large corporate world?
1: It's, it's very, um, ch- it's changing over the past 10 years. I see that more of them now want to venture out on their own. They, mm-hmm. they have seen that, you know, lifetime employment at one company. Maybe their parents haven't done that lately. And so they're breaking out now more so into um, looking for smaller types of opportunities or social causes. They want to give back to society
0: in your experience how much of what we hear about the difficulty of dealing with millennials particularly in the workplace particularly in a business environment that one they want to job hop a lot two that after six months they months they think they want to be ceo at a company that they have a different kind of work ethic a different kind of approach how much of that do you see in the students that that you're dealing with here
1: Well, we have everything from high school students that are at New Tech High taking classes with us that can be 17 to 18, all the way to 78 years old. So you can imagine we have a wide variety of generations. Um, It is a challenge in the classroom because the the millennials want to be up and active and doing things. The gamers want to be, you know, playing with technology. And the boomers like me just shake our heads, you know. (laughs) But uh, it is important for them to understand how they can work together in the workplace and to look at some of the traits and attributes um, that each generation has so they can learn how to work well together. So we do focus a lot Mm. on that in some of our courses.
0: Who has to bend the most in order to make it work today? I mean, the millennials are, are quickly becoming, with 90 million of them out there, quickly becoming, they're going to be the majority generation in the workplace soon.
1: Yeah, I think um, in my term in my in my mindset, I'm thinking it's the boomers that are having trouble adjusting with the impatience uh, of how quickly these students think that they're going to go out and get this big million dollar opportunity and take over. The, and they try to just ground them and say, "Hold on, we had to work hard to get there. Slow down. You're going to need to work there to get there too." What
0: are the skills, you know, we often hear about kids going into college today and and the skills they're lacking in terms of writing skills or math skills or whatever it might be. When kids come in to pursue business, what is the one thing that they're generally lacking? What is the one thing that they really need to kind of catch up on to really start to pursue the kind of things we've been talking about?
1: I think it's the news. You know, basically they mm. seem to be so into their own social media groups and Facebook and things like that. So what I try to do is assign them where they have to go onto Bloomberg or they have to go onto Entrepreneurship Magazine website or anywhere to try to get local news so they can bring articles in and they look at me like, What's an article? And I'm like, Well, you know, <laughs> go find something on the web but find me a story. And they're just used to Googling everything and seeing what comes up. So trying to teach them how to find relevant news in business is one challenge that I face every day. It's interesting
0: that you would think that students that are interested in business, interested enough to to pursue it, to take your courses, that they would already be looking there.
1: Some do, the, you know, the savvier ones. But um, a lot of the new ones just want to learn business terminology. You know, for example, I'll be in a class, and I'll be talking about shareholders versus stakeholders. And I assume everyone knows that. You know, they're coming in right out of high school. They don't necessarily know that. So sometimes I have to back out and just say, okay, this is a shareholder and this is a stakeholder and try to help them with those business terms. Has that always been the case
0: in your experience, or is that becoming a bigger problem now with millennials or just because of technology, whatever the reason might be? Is this something you've always seen or are you seeing more of this now?
1: I'm seeing it more lately that the the students that are coming in are, don't have the sense of having sat every night watching nightly business report like I did when I was uh, studying business and things like that. So um, I think it's a learning curve
0: mm-hmm.
1: for the new generations.
0: And once they start to do it, Do they stick with it? Do they like it? Or is it, this is, well, we've been forced to do this.
1: Yeah, on the first day of class, I ask them why they're here. And I say, I know you're going to say because I have to. Uh, But generally, by the end of the semester, they're like, wow, I couldn't believe how. This seems like common sense. But now you make it all make sense together of how we buy products and services and how they're promoted and marketed. So then they get to see the real world and how it works. But at first, they're skeptical.
0: Do they make the connection between whatever the product is or whatever it is that may interest them, that they have to market it and sell it out there in the world. And therefore, they need to better understand what's happening out there in the world. Does that connection click?
1: Absolutely. Because basically, they'll think that everyone is the target market. And if anybody has been in any marketing class or business class, you know, the answer is, anyone is never and everyone is never the target market. So the thing you need to, you know, emphasize to them is basically who is the consumer and what are their exact needs and wants. If you can figure that out and satisfy that and differentiate it in some special way, you're going to have a good chance of succeeding with your business idea.
0: The fact that they're not up to speed sometimes on business news and what's going on in the, does that extend beyond the business world? Are they a little bit, behind as far as just understanding what's happening in the w- in the country and in the world in general
1: well that's where um, you know it's important to show them case studies of things that are happening mm. globally for example when we're talking about you know um, the Greece with how the country is having trouble with their you know production and their currency and all that we try to bring that into the classroom and say look how that's going to impact the world it's not just going to impact you know greece but it would impact the u.s as well so i try to bring case studies in that would bring out what's happening worldwide they all know who alibaba is they're shopping there already but they didn't know it came from china right
0: wow and how that's and
1: how big it is you know and they're this is going to be the next amazon they're all excited you know
0: it's interesting the kind of skewed view of the world that they bring to it 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 Mm -hmm. makes you kind of sit up and take notice in some ways Talk a little bit finally about the difference in the kind of students that you're seeing now. I'm sure that that's changed over the past several years. It's terms changed of in a, of where they're coming yeah. from and, and who they yeah. are.
1: Um, more diverse population. You know, we have about 34 to 35 percent of our students now are from Mexico, which is wonderful, and a lot of them are in the in the wine trades. But I'm seeing a lot of students from China. Um, I'm seeing a lot more students from the Philippines, and uh, with them, with that cultural diversity we're getting in the classroom, it really does provide a good perspective, a more global approach you know, in the classroom. And I'm also seeing a higher quality of students that want to come and leave here and get into colleges such as UC Berkeley. Mm-hmm. I did have one student last semester that was able to get in after she graduated here. So it can be done, not everybody can get in, but we do have a few every year that do so.
0: Professor Julie Hall, I thank you so much for coming in and talking to us here on NapaBroadcasting.com and Napa Valley College Now. Thank you. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Napa Valley College Now on NapaBroadcasting.com.